Welcome to a special edition, but of course they, they're all special, aren't they? <laughs> of the Yard Sign. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Whenever, wherever we may, you may be listening, watching uh, this program. Johnny Torres, your host as always. Thank you so much uh, for subscribing. Again, you can find the audio version of this podcast on all of your favorite uh, podcast platforms. And if you'd like the video version to see our ugly mugs today, uh, <laughs> you can, uh, if you're not already, watching this on Facebook or YouTube. And thank you so much for everybody that does watch. And um, please be sure to like, share, helps get the show out there, helps promote the candidates and, and of course, uh, the, the vision that we have not only for this program, but for our state, for our country. Uh, and as always, thank you for your support of the yard sign. Uh, um, I didn't even prepare for the show today <laughs> because uh, not only was I incredibly excited about who we're having on, but I feel like I don't need to prepare for our guest today because we've been close friends for a long time. Yep. Uh, it's been incredibly exciting to watch, uh, you know, uh, all the things that he's been involved in. And certainly now that, uh, you know, I would say throughout life, we have our peaks and valleys. Yeah. And I think right now you're like on a peak, you know, and it's <laughs> yeah. so exciting to watch. Thank and you. it's been a lot of fun to kind of live vicariously through what you're doing. But joining me today is state representative from uh, Florida District 69. And that is Danny Alvarez. Thank you, Johnny. I would go Daniel, but I just, it just, no, ugh, right. it's so clunky. And it feels looking for my dad. <laughs> like, where is he? So exciting to be able to, again, kind of have this conversation in a different light. You know, because, gosh, I think the last time we had you, I don't think you were even a candidate back then. I don't think so. Um, and and now, I mean, both of our lives have, you know, just changed oh, yeah. dramatically since then. Um, and I want to dig into, because it's one of those things that unless you have the relationship that you and I have, sure. the people that are going to come on this show are not going to say the things or talk about the things that you and I can talk about. Sure. Um, obviously we're not going to go too crazy along <laughs> with this show. Um, we are kind of on a tight schedule, fortunately sure. for our audience. Um, but let's go ahead and start with, uh, for those who don't know, let's not get into the political career yet. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about your personal background. Can we talk about ours real quick before I get there? <laughs> sure, go for I'm it. I'm so proud of you, man. Oh, thanks, man. This is incredible. And you know, you talk about the peaks and valleys. Yeah. It has been incredible to watch the evolution of Johnny Torres, right? Because, you, <laughs> you know, it's not just the voice and the yeah. very handsome man. He is like the, this life that is uh, ever expanding. Like, And so when I walked in here today, folks, if you don't know this, uh, I'd been here before and I've seen all the iterations of studios and iterations yeah. of opportunities you've done. This is awesome. Studios are lack thereof. Oh. <laughs> I didn't say that. Or lack yeah, thereof. Yeah, yeah, right. But honestly, it's been awesome. So I'm very proud of you. Thanks, You've man. You've been doing great stuff. You know, so. and well, you know, as they say, Rome wasn't built in a day. And, you know, here it's all blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, but isn't that true? Like, so the, the truth is, I think that's one of the big problems that we have today is that we all are so Insta ready for everything yeah, that we right. think it's in 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. Well, oh, you didn't build this in 10 seconds and, right. and good political careers or good business careers get built over time. Right. Yeah. So uh, we want it right now. But reality is we got to put in the work and you've definitely put in the work. Well, one of my favorite stories, you know, uh, touching on that very thing, I think one of my favorite examples right now of, of exactly what you just said is the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Right. Mike McDaniels. Yep. Who I'm a Dolphins fan. So, sure. of course, you know, it's just it, 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 it goes right to my heart. But the fact that he started out as a ball boy. Right. And even before that, he was just a kid in the neighborhood in Denver who would go to spring trainings and hang out to get autographs. Um, and then by mere 
you know, a number of circumstances that we don't need to get into. He becomes a ball boy for the Denver Broncos and slowly works his way up through the NFL. I didn't know that. And had all kinds of peaks and valleys, you know, as well. You know, he had his, his, his ups and downs. But now, I mean, he's one of the most popular head coaches in the NFL, one this, of the most successful This is the guy who looks like Mark Anthony? NFL. Yes. <laughs> and I've said that from day one. Thank you Every for time I see it, I feel like I hear, I need to know <laughs> every right. time I see him, you know? <laughs> who knew Mark Anthony was so talented at football? He is, he's a football player and he's a singer. Yeah. So. But kind of, well, in Miami, I think maybe, maybe culturally, maybe in some kind of weird way, gravitates to people like that. Yeah, sure. Of because course. Because look at Eric Spolstra. You know, coming up from the film room yep. in the Miami Heat. Mm -hmm. And again, these are two guys that never yep. played the sport professionally and are now, Eric Spolstra, obviously proven to be one of the greatest NBA coaches of all time. Um, and now Mike McDaniels proving to be, uh, at least this season, an incredible NFL coach. Yeah, so it, it just goes to the heart where oftentimes it's really not your background, but it's your heart. Right? Yeah. It's your will. And that's kind of as we raise our children that I'm trying to instill on in all of mine. And, you know, you, you can have all the talent in the world and it's wasted on someone that doesn't have the heart, doesn't right. have the will. Yeah. I can teach you skill. That's what I tell them all the time. I can mm -hmm. teach you skill. I can never teach you will. And, uh, you know, like we grew up poor. Or that success is a is not a straight line. It's not. Yeah. It's not. And it's sometimes that line goes way down mm -hmm. before it comes way up. Oh, yeah. And that's really a hard lesson. Um Especially when you're watching your kids, right? You watch your kids and you're like, yeah. oh, I want to save them from the down line. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? yeah. But you're not. You know, you want to. So, like, Tony, he's in college now, right? Like, yeah. I, I, and your oldest? My oldest son yep. is in college now. And people are like, hey, you going to help him get into college? Absolutely not. <laughs> hey, zero. Zero. I didn't right. lift a finger. You know why? Because um, he's got to show me what he wants. It's yeah. his life. It's his story, right? I live my life. I've made my story. I'm making it now. Um and I was thinking this, like, you, you and I grew up poor. When we were coming sure. up in Miami, we grew up poor, right? Yeah. And uh, I think that that hunger to not be poor, to take advantage of the things that my parents couldn't take right. advantage of. Because we're, we're both first-generation Americans. First-generation, right. Yeah. So, so, so you take that story, and that's my story, but then you look at my son, his dad's a lawyer, his mom's an accountant, kid half the time grew up on Davis Island, you know what yeah. I mean? How do I, how do I teach that cat the will? You know, right. how do I teach him that desire, the empathy? How do mm -hmm. I teach him his manners? You know, so it took, in my mind, a, a lot of obsessive thinking about pouring that into him. So I would take him to every board meeting I was in. Anytime we did any charitable work, anytime we did, he was always like a shadow. Like sure. we'd make him see it so that he could see what it was like to grow up around men. What's it like around, you know, people that are, that are good people that are bad, you know what I mean? To, yeah. to, so you could see the difference. Um, so well, it was I, important. Well, and I think for me, it was growing up, going to visit family in Columbia over the summers. Okay. And you see real poverty. That's it. Because again, we're the 1% of the world. Right. Our, our homeless wouldn't even be considered homeless in other countries. No. I mean, you know, there's somebody that says, you know, that, you know, we're the, we're, we're the only country with fat homeless people. Sure. You know, and I mean, it's, it's a terrible joke, but it, 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 it does lend itself to the fact that we have an abundance of everything here in this country. And, yeah. and if someone needs help, there's help there for them. And yeah. in other countries, that's not the fact. I remember right. as a kid, being in a taxi or being in a car and seeing other kids my age on the streets working in construction sites selling sure. candy cigarettes uh, or just begging for money 
Um, And to see that firsthand really makes you appreciate uh, not only what your parents went through to get you here, but also the opportunities that that we all have just given the freedoms that we have. Yeah. And that's why I don't take any of this for granted. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's why for, uh, you know, I was having a conversation today for me, this role as a state rep is very personal. You yeah. know, like this is not just like a guy who's like, Oh, let's go get elected. Yeah. Th- this is the culmination of like everything we fought to get here. You know, if my grandfather could see me now, I, I, I honestly, if I could get a way back machine and go back in time and be like, Abuelo, look at what we're doing a guy who had a sixth grade education brought us over to America only because like his country got taken over and they were trying to kill him. Right. Wow. So he, yeah. when we talk about escaping to freedom, it's a literal, it's not a figure of speech. It's a literal thing that happened for us. We shouldn't even be Americans. We, we should, right. we should be Cuban. You know what I mean? We should be celebrating and protecting our own land. Yeah. And this is my land. You know what I mean? So, I always tell people this, I got nowhere to run and I don't run very well. You know, after I got, <laughs> after I got out of the army, I'm like, I'm done running. You jump out of planes. I, I know do that. jump out of planes, but <laughs> I will not run to wherever you want me to. Yeah. So, you know, this is worth fighting for. And with all of our problems, Johnny, with all of our problems in our society, we're founded on such goodness that that, that hope of goodness or even of returning to it is worth every moment you're away from your kids, every time you're fighting for something, every time someone makes fun of you or, you know, online or in the media or whatever, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, it's worth fighting for. Well, one of the things that has always impressed me about you is that you've, you've really taken advantage of really everything that's been, you know, presented to you. Sure. Um, you know, not only, you know, do you, you're an attorney, you know, but you're also incredibly entrepreneurial. You know, I know that, you know, a number of projects that you've invested in or are invested in that sort of thing over time. Um, but then you also balance that out really well. And I have no idea how with, again, continuing to serve your community, because aside from going to Tallahassee and, you know, doing, you know, what you're doing now, before then, you were always involved in community organizations. You're involved with the PBA, um, and uh, and and you know you you were at the sheriff's office for for a period of time. You know there's uh, you know there's always been this really fascinating balance that I've noticed about you between yeah being the capitalist entrepreneurial like out there you know uh, that kind of guy, but then also making sure that you're balancing that out with giving back to the community. Well, thank you for saying that. I, I appreciate it. But for me, it was like one of those things where, you know, like w- when you try to find what you do well, you know, like it takes a long time. Remember, we just started this conversation with, it takes time. So yeah. I'll turn 50 this year, which is incredible to say. And in, in now in my 50 years, I can look back and I know, I know what drives me, right? And money doesn't drive me. Yeah. You know? So uh, it, it's, it's almost like this when, when you have, an ability. And I feel like I have the ability. We've tried it. We've, we've done and made money. We've employed people. We've created businesses. That's not what moves me. My, like my brother who makes money, he looks (laughs) at me and he goes, you're an idiot. (laughs) You're like, what a waste of talent. Right. And, And I get it, but that's not, that just isn't what fires me up. You no, because you could you you could basically stick yourself in an office, you know, for ten hours a day, you know, five days a week, and probably make you know ridiculous sums of money. Um, but again, I mean, it's it's yeah. if it's not a motivator, then what's the point? So you know, we talked started talking about our kids, right? And yeah. so when when I got asked to do this job because this was not on my radar, and we can talk about it later, but it was not on my radar when I got asked to do this, I was like, I'm not doing that because my in my mind, I was like, man, I'm wasting all my years, you know 
and waste is the wrong word because I enjoyed the thrill and what I got from giving back to the community and helping then yeah. that, that was my fire, but you know, it's what fired me up. So as we're considering this, I talked to my kids because it's going to take time from them. You know what I mean? It, it's totally, and they all looked at me like I was an idiot. They're like, what? Of course you're doing this. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Like they, like they asked me this, this is like the third time I got asked to do it. Like seriously, sure. not, not like, Hey, would you consider like, no, we want you to. And well, then, no, yeah. I mean, again, I, as, almost as long as I've known you, there's been people asking you to, to run for office. Yeah. And, and, and in my, in, so my kids go, dad, this is literally what you taught us. And I was like, oh my God, did, did, <laughs> did my 12, my 12 year old told me that, you know, she says, mm. she's like, Bobby, look, you know, we understand that it's a sacrifice, but this is, you can make a difference for other people. And that's what you taught us. And I was like, Oh my God, please don't cry in front of your 12 year old daughter. <laughs> because if I got nothing else, uh, like if, if this political career gives me nothing else, that conversation, yeah. I was on cloud nine and all my other kids are like, yeah, duh. Like right. they, they then went back to whatever they were doing because it was like a done conversation. Sure. I'm like, no, 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 let's keep talking about it. <laughs> uh, and then Tony's Tony, the old one, you know, he goes, you know, she's right. <laughs> like what? she's right. So, well, and you know, you know, there, you know, that something's Three of them agree. Yeah, and when all three of them agree, <laughs> and, and it's it's how they said that to me that that truly mattered most. So, for me, like doing this job is like people. Other people are like, yeah, it's a lot of. Work. I, this ain't a lot of work. Th this is not. I mean, this is a well, lot of hours. I mean, given your history as I know it, I know. I mean, you know what work is. <laughs> yeah. I know that you know yeah, yeah. what work is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and and I having served under someone who's yeah. who was elected office, and you now being in elected office. It's fun, but it's not work. Well, it's not work to me. <laughs> right. you know, uh, do we have to go to a lot of places? Do yeah. we have to be a lot of, is it a lot of timing? Is it a lot of scheduling? Is it a lot of hours away from home? Yeah, but I, I love it. And you know what the, my, uh, my favorite part about being a rep is? Being the fixer. So mm -hmm. like we've got people in the community, they got a problem and they should never need to talk to their state rep right. in order to access their government yeah. and get the benefits of their government that they've already paid into, you know, that, that, that is one of the jobs and the duties of their government. Um, but I like being able to solve their problems and I, I love, love, love that part. People are yeah. like, Hey, you want to go to Congress? Absolutely not. <laughs> it's, it's incredibly empowering. It is. Um, it because is. even as again, someone who served at the staff level, having the ability to say, yeah, you know what, let me make a couple of phone calls and fix that yep. for you. Absolutely. It's just, I mean, you, you feel like a superhero. Absolutely. I mean, and, and the impact that you have on people's lives is immeasurable. And, and, and there, and like we were just saying, you can't put a dollar figure. You, you on don't that. put a dollar on that. No. And then, and, and Johnny, like my staff is a hundred percent empowered. Like they don't have to call me. Like if there's a problem with the constituent, if I'm getting a call, that means it's, it's bad, bad, right? Sure. That, because they went and threw my name around or my office to the whatever agency and they can't get where they need to go. Then I'm in, you know what yeah. I mean? Sometimes I'm in from the beginning. Um, and, and, and I don't think like the government is bad per se. You know what I mean? It's just, it's the bureaucracy and the inefficiency built right. within human systems. You know what I mean? And sometimes you just need to push and that's what we do. We'll, we'll push where we're supposed to and pull where we can. And then well, and it's we just not it perfect. And nor not. will it ever be No, because there are circumstances that can never be accounted for. Yep. That's absolutely right. That's yeah. Absolutely right. And, and, and again, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I dealt with a VA issue, oh, um, you know, with, with someone from Citrus County and, in, and the circumstances that led to this problem, um, were so unique. Right. I mean, it, it was, uh, and, and really it took 
a lot of handholding to get it resolved. That's right. And we finally got it resolved. But the system itself was not designed to handle something like mm-hmm. that. Um, so, so let's get into kind of, you know, now looking back. Sure. Going into it, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed freshman state right. rep. Right. What was, like, what was on your to-do list? Like, what's what was at the top of your to-do list? Like, going in and saying, you know what, this is, I think, the first thing I'm going to tackle Zero. once I get up there. Okay. Nothing. All right. And, 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 Johnny, to be honest with you, I get nervous when people go up there with, like, super strong agendas. Sure. Because you're either expanding government or making government stronger in yeah. areas that they shouldn't. I'm a big... Well, and I always ask that question because the first campaign I ever volunteered on... Um, you know, he didn't win, but he was a phenomenal, he would have been a phenomenal representative. Uh, the, the guy who beat him was, you know, equally as, as great a, a state representative. Um, but his passion was autism because of his son. Sure. And so he wanted to go up there and create, um, create or eliminate, you know, bureaucracies, sure. you know, to support, you know, the autism community. Sure. And, 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 and I, and I jest when I say that, you know, people that go up there with their agenda. Um, cause Adam Anderson, a great friend of mine and teammate, he he goes up there, you know, he lost his son, God, um, God bless him. And, uh, he had a genetic disorder and sit and because of Adam's passion, the state of Florida is now funding genetic research in order to prevent that from ever happening. Wow. And, and, and what a testament to, you know, his child, you it's know? a legacy. It is an absolute legacy. And so, I mean, you can move mountains if you want to, yeah. right? You can move mountains. So we just take that same passion into like everything that we do personally for me, what really got me in this office, why I finally went from no, 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 no to yes, it was COVID. I mean, and I'm not talking about like any COVID conspiracy. It was as Americans, I believe fundamentally that you know, we, we balance the group with the individual and that's why we have the bill of rights, right? Mm-hmm. That's, it is one of the greatest gifts our founders could have ever encapsulated, you know, our natural rights. They put them on a piece of paper and said, these are things the government can't take because they belong to you. Correct. During COVID, I saw us exchanging those rights for a false sense of security. And, sure. and when I negotiated for the PBA, the Tampa police union, you know, when they were getting their mandatory vaccines, Every piece of data that I had, which was, I almost treated it like a trial when we were negotiating. Yeah. I had data and they're like, we don't need any more data. We're doing this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <sighs> because you want to, right? Sure. And they thought it was their obligation and that they knew better than my cops about what to do with their lives. Right. And I said, and I called my dad that night, Johnny. I was like, dad, listen, you grew up. He, he's like, relax, mijo. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. I said, you lived you're the one with a gun in your face that got kicked out of your country. You're the one that escaped communism. Mm-hmm. For me, it's always been theory, right? Like we lived with the stories of our grandparents that were escaping and my parents that were escaping in their tears. But for me, I, I lived in the, in the comfort and security of an American youth. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I said, dad, I, I saw the enemy today. You know what I mean? And it didn't look, it didn't have a gun. It didn't yeah. have a green uniform. It came in a business suit telling me and the cops that I represented that they knew better about them and their rights than they did. And even three years later, I don't think people truly realize how true of a statement that is. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, well, we're forgetting and, very fast, aren't we? Well, yeah, and I think uh, especially as you know, the voters trend younger, right. I think they, they've never witnessed directly, right? Because we always, we've always had like Cuba to point at, right? And sure. More lately, more recently, Venezuela to look at, um, but there was—they've never been. They've, they were never the threat, 
Right. You know, like our parents faced, you know, with the Cuban Missile Crisis right. or with the point. USSR, or it was never a direct threat to us. And so, you know, again, it's one of those things where you could tell them all day long, well, anywhere it's been implemented, it never works, you know, but at the same time, they have, you know, again, it's that young sure. naivete, you know, uh, of that there's some kind of utopia to be had, yeah. um, you know, and, and the fact that they think that the government knows best. That's right. And, it, and it's just weird how generationally, you know, how those tables have turned because the people that are now trying to impose their will on its citizens are the people who 40, 50 years ago were fighting the government right. for imposing that's its will right. on. And that's right. It's just bizarre. Well, that's what, that's what fear does, yeah. right? Fear will have you exchange your rights for security. And the truth is once you do that, you never get it back. Mm. It becomes this precedent where you're like, well, we did it here. Let's do it there. That's why it's this really bright and you may call it an academic line. I call it a real line, right? Yeah. Because we don't get rights back that we gave up in history has always shown that when that happens, the outcome is always poor mm -hmm. for the individual, right? And uh, America, as strong of a group it is, it's built on the back of an individual right. And so that's that's what made us different. We encapsulated them. That's what made us special. And that's why all these other countries copied us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like other countries now it's standard to have individual rights too. That's what we led the charge, you know? Right. So, um, well, not to date the podcast here, but... Um, you know, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens in Argentina. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. it's going to be a complete 180 in terms of what they've been living under now for probably a few generations and to have a complete reversal of that. I mean, someone who, I mean, you know, we hear certain candidates running for office here talk about gutting the government. Sure. This guy, I mean, day one, he's like, yep, this is going, this is going, yep. this is going. And, you know, and it seems like he's going to be able to pull it off. Let's see. You know, I mean. I only say let's see because the, <laughs> one, once the people that are benefiting from the institution, right? Sure. Whatever that institution yeah. might have been are like, oh, man, our, our cherry card's over. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, to that point where Republicans have always been of, of small government. I mean, let's call it for what it is. We saw right after 9-11 what happened. The ma under a, a, a massive expansion. Yeah, we saw under a Republican president. We saw the largest expansion to that point of of government that we'd ever seen That's right. in in a couple generations. That's right. Um so fast forwarding well no let, so let's talk a little bit what what has been maybe you know expectations versus reality you know for you now that you've had a year in Tallahassee what's cool is like so so we're a super majority right so yeah. you, you go in there and you everyone like oh y'all railroad whatever you want <laughs> it's it's a republic that is not how that works yeah. right um you there's a lot of internal checks and balances you know so i like to go in and when i'm new somewhere i like to just kind of sit and watch and that doesn't mean like i can just sit on my all my hands because we sure. have seven bills we're going to run yeah and you've got committees yeah we got so. committees and mm -hmm. stuff so it's super important but it's it's important to watch how it works and you'll see people like we'll come up with an idea and we won't call anybody out, but you have people with an idea and you're like, Oh, that's not going to work. And they try it anyways. They're like, well, we have a super majority. And they're like, no reality plus your constitution. They all have to mix up and then you can proceed forward. And if that's a good idea, we'll go forward. So the fact that there is some sort of internal checks and balances, it, it wasn't like a surprise to me, but it's really, really good to see. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of debate 
about um, the constitutionality of things. You you know, you, you when you read things in the media and you're like a civilian, like pre me being behind the curtain, I remember going, why, why would somebody file that? Right. Well, people file things all the time. That doesn't mean we're going to do anything about it. In right. fact, it might never even get a committee. You know what I mean? And it, even if it gets a committee, it'll die a committee if it's a really bad idea, yeah. right? Um, so it's important to know that it, it is. But there's just, lots of motivations behind that. Sure. Some of it's PR points. A hundred percent. Some of it's people for, don't get that. Right. Some of it's for, you know, some fundraising, you yep. know, you I'm know, signaling. just to, Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Well, and, and, and also the fact that the, the partisanship isn't as severe, I think, as, as one would believe. Yeah. I mean, I certainly didn't find that at the federal level. I would imagine it's probably, you know, less the fact at the state level. I mean, sure, there's some partisanship, you know, when you really get down to the sure. nitty gritty of certain bills or certain controversial issues, that sort of thing. But the partisanship isn't anywhere near at the level that you kind of feel there is in the public or on social media and that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, so so there's the social media world and the public world that you may need for your constituency, depending on what what side of the aisle you're on and what what yeah. what got you there. So if you you know, if you're a loud ruck maker and that's your thing. OK, but when all the lights are off and the cameras are off, we all eat lunch together. Right. Right. And most people don't realize that at those lunches, we talk a lot. So we, we have a. Um, a member dining area, everyone's got to pay their money to be in there and, and, and then you get fed. It's just easier because there's not a lot of places to leave in time. Right. So, and then we all sit together and, and Democrats and Republicans, it's, it's mutual respect. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of great ideas that come from that side. There's a lot of great ideas that come from our side, you right. know, and although we have a majority, it's not like, okay, we just ram through. We, we talk a lot of stuff out. There's a lot of respect. Um, and I have a lot of, a lot of respect for Democrats. I'm, I know there'll be people that are super right that might hear this and be like, Danny, what are you saying? Yeah. I, I live in the real world and in the real world, I'm going to respect any man that's or woman that's serving their community by being a rep and that the institution demands it. And my position is going to give it to them now. Yeah. And you don't know their life path, you know, as that's to true. that got them to the place where they believe what they believe and why they want to champion the issues that they want to champion. And listen, that's, we all have a vote. Yeah. Right. And so I stand with, you know, my vote is my voice. Um, well, and again, like you and I consider ourselves conservative. Sure. Um, you know, I would say, you know, by, by most standards. Sure. Um, but we were also raised in Miami. Sure. And Miami at the time, you know, I right. mean, some might say different today, but <laughs> yeah. But, but Miami was very liberal, uh -huh. you know, because of the melting pot that it is, because you have so many people sure. from so many different countries and walks of life and all that kind of yeah. thing. Um, and so... A conservative from Miami is going to look very different than a conservative from Pensacola. Sure. <laughs> Way. You know what else You know what else makes them different is how secure they are. Yeah. So if you're in a plus 40 district and you're red plus 40, what that means if you're listening, you know, if, if, you have, if you're 40 percentage points above, right, you know you're going to win right. every time. You're untouchable. You're untouchable. Yeah. And those people, they act different than a yeah. plus three Republican, right? So, um, for example, my district was when the first go was plus two and we ended up winning plus 14, right? Wow. Now it's trending plus five. Um, and we know that the MPAs in that district lean more conservative than not, but okay. you can't go crazy. You no, know I mean? yeah. like, and, the, and the truth is when you're in a, in a place like the house of representatives, at some point you're going to need everybody. Right. At some yep. point. Right. So, well, and that was going to be my point because both at the federal level and at the state level and even at the local level, people tend to forget that at the end of the day, 
you're going to need those votes. Correct. From the other side. At some point. It, it's just our, fortunately, I think it's, it's, it's uh, as I was saying the other day to our producer, it's a feature, not a flaw. Yeah. Um, that <laughs> it's a you, feature, not a flaw. You need votes from the other side to get anything done. Right. At some our point, system was right. designed for compromise. It, it wasn't designed for one party take all. That's right. And I think that's, that's healthy, that's safe, because when we're not in power... Yep which wasn't that long ago. That's true. Um, you know, again, it, it, it creates a little bit of a safety net there. Sure. And, and the thing is, is it's a basic, it's, it's respect. Look, you and, not, you and I, not you, whoever, or a Democrat on the other side, mm -hmm. we may not always agree, mm -hmm. right? But I'm going to respect you, I'm a, and I'm going to stand by my position. And, you know, you may be able to sway me on some things, and I may be able to sway you. That has actually happened, right? Sure. So I'll give you an example. We had... Um, a bill that we were passing on uh, 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 making it available to give the death penalty to child rapists. Okay. To me, that was like a, I guess like a slam dunk. Yeah. You know I mean, like you touch a kid, I don't give a dang about you. Right? right. So I'm listening to the debate and I'm listening to the debate on the house floor. And I, my, my policy is unless I'm going to add something that hasn't been added, I don't need to hear myself talk. Right. My, <laughs> right. my vote is my vote. Right. Yeah my voice. So I'm hearing some people like come against it. And I was like, are these, is this real? It, do I, am I living in the real world? So I got a little fired up and I made a little speech. And then after the speech, I had a couple people come up and go, Hey man, you're totally right. I'm, I'm changing my vote. And on the record, they changed huh. their vote. Wow. So there is room, right? But you can't get there without respect. Like if, yeah. if, if you spit in the face of the person that like you're trying to move on, well, where are you going to go? It's just leadership 101. Well, one of the core kind of aspects of this podcast, you know, from the days when there were six of us in there in a room, sure. you know, to even, the, you know, days like today where there's two of us in sure. a room. What I've always loved is that even though whether we've been all center right or there's been, you know, someone maybe from the other side, you know, then like as part of the conversation. Um, has been the varying degrees in, in how we differ in opinion. And sometimes even yeah. though we agree on something, it doesn't mean that we agree for the same reasons. Absolutely. And, and, and that's been always fascinating to me because, you know, again, thanks to social media, unfortunately, we get, every, I think just culturally or societally, it's just our nature to try to put people in boxes sure. and be put in boxes. Um, but again, that's not the case. You know, we, we vary in, in our, in, in our views, um, again, you know, to every degree, uh, as we were saying earlier, just based on how we were raised, where we were raised, that sort of thing. Johnny, I got elected to represent district 69, not district 69 Republicans, not district 69 right. conservatives, not yeah. district 69 Democrats, uh, the people of district 69. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm always weary of politicians that are not that are very afraid to engage with people that disagree them yeah. with them. And in, in the, the, the poison pill of American politics is the echo chamber of the same people talking to themselves and agreeing. If it, my biggest fear to in any room is to be the, the smartest person in that room, because if not, then I've given up the ability to learn and I'm, I, I always need to be learning and it's just my nature and I want it right. And then, of always just hearing the same opinions over and over again. And that's what, that's the biggest, the algorithms in Instagram and Facebook, we know that that's what they do. They just oh, yeah. send you the same data over They're, and over They want to create that echo chamber. They do want it. Mm -hmm. And that is what is, that's literally on any path, whether it's a Democrat path or Republican path, yeah. it is not an American path.
path, right? right? So I need to know you don't you don't agree with me. What? Why don't you agree with me? That's yeah. weird. I thought I was right. Yeah. Well, I still think I'm right, but I, it's good to hear that opinion. You, but truthfully, that's becoming more and more rare. Like, so the these, uh, I think it was like Mothers Against Guns, or I, I forget the name of the group, and I, no, <laughs> no disrespect. They come up to me and they're like, uh, you know, we voted against you, but we'd like to talk to you about our position on guns. And I said, uh, yes, ma'am, of course. When, when would you like to meet? The entire group looks at me like, because they were ready for me to say, no, I don't ever want to talk to you about it because I'm a gun guy. I believe in guns. I believe in the Second Amendment, right? And they're like, you'll talk to us? I said, ma'am, that is the office of the people of yeah. District 69. Come talk to me. Yeah. And, uh, and we've had great, it's funny because now when I see them in the hallways, they're like, hey, Danny. <laughs> well, they, they're respectful. They're like, hey, representative. But yeah. they're, they're, they're respectful. And no, look, and, and I remember from when I was ser you know, serving in Senator Rubio's office, literally the first week I was on the job, I went to like a Democrat mixer. <laughs> like, <laughs> un course, uninvited. Of course you did. Of course un you Uninvited, did, yeah. you know, uninvited. But it was like two blocks away from the office. Sure. And I'm like, oh, let me go check this thing out, you know, yeah. and see what's going on. And, and. And the response that I got was nearly the complete opposite of what I was expecting. Sure. You know, I was expecting some like, oh, you know, like you, should you be here? That sort of thing. No, it was a, hey, we're so glad you're here. Thank you so much for coming. Like it was just, it was very welcoming and embracing. And even there were times where people like hated him. Sure. You know, and I'm his representative. And so they were going to vent on me because sure. they sure were, they weren't going to, you know, have a chance to meet him. And, you know, and, and, after they got it all off their chest, they appreciated the fact that I respected their time. That's it. And that I heard them out and that I was also willing to help them with whatever their issue sure. was. Listen, look at a man or a woman in the eye, tell them the truth, listen to them out of respect, right? Because that's mm -hmm. what our job is. And we don't have to agree, right? We're just not going to yell at each other. We're not going to berate each other. I'm not going to let you berate me or, or anybody that I love. Right. Um, but we're going to move forward and I'm going to listen. And, and we may find a more mutual ground than you were expecting, just yeah. like you, they, you did with that, you know, but we never know if we don't talk. Yeah. Right. So there you go. So fast forward, you've already had some, uh, I think a special session. Oh yeah. Um, have you done committees yet? Committee oh, week? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So now, you know, you, you've kind of got your, your legs underneath you, 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 you know, the hallways. Yep somewhat because <laughs> I've never been in a more confusing building than the Capitol Absolutely. building. Um, but uh, what's it like year two? I mean, coming in, knowing the lay of the land, knowing how the, the games are played, that sort of thing. Yeah. So the, the, the first year, like I told you, like I'm just absorbing, absorbing, and I'm, I'm an active person. So don't think I'm just like sitting on my hands, but we're, we're absorbing, yeah. absorbing year two. Oh, anybody who knows, you know, that's an <laughs> understatement. I got promoted. I got, so awesome. I am a, a, in mid freshman year, I got promoted to become a whip. And I only say that because it is such an honor. It is. It, well, explain what that is. So, because I, again, I, a lot of us, you know, I mean, I, I think the average person doesn't truly follow closely enough to understand what that means. Okay. So you want to know what a rookie sounds like when you get promoted and you're like, oh, really? What do I do with that? <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, you know, uh -huh. so a whip's job is really to go and not tell you how to vote, but to make sure you understand the issues and it, you're part of the leadership team. Overall, right. you're part of the leadership team. Um, so it's an incredible tip of the hat um, to this leadership team that would honor me and, and trust me enough to at, at my second 
you know, session period, not my second term, yeah. second session, give me this opportunity to kind of like lead and show that uh, to me, that's a big deal. So now, you know, well, I, and you're doing that on both sides and I mean, I'm, yeah, of course, yeah. of course, I'm doing it on both sides. So at this point you're like, oh, wow, now there's even extra pressure. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Last year, Johnny, just so you have a perspective from the time I got elected to the time we were done with session, I was home in Hillsborough County three weeks. I mean, I mean like three weeks during the week, we'd come home on the weekends to see the kids. That's a non-negotiable, but three weeks at home period. Right. So I'm talking from November through the beginning of May. This time we've already had two weeks. Um, in November, one week in October, one week in September, we're about to go into another week for our, our final two weeks before we go to session. So it's just a lot of time. It's a lot. Of, we, we ran eight bills last year, set, uh, five, six of them became, <laughs> became, got signed. Wow. And I didn't know that was a big deal until, yeah. um, and I'm sorry if, if I'm getting if my numbers wrong. I think it's six. It, I didn't know that was a big deal until, mm. um, the speaker says, Danny, how, how many bills did you get passed? I said, well, sir, I got, I think, oh, I think it's five, five out of my original seven. And he goes, okay. guy, <laughs> if you would have gotten one, I would have said, great job. And you know how you were talking about the inefficiency of government, like yeah. of, the, of lawmaking? Well, we want that to be inefficient so that we don't have, you know, bloat in, in all these like laws that we don't need. Um, so that's why he was saying that. Do they still have the rule where you're allotted, I guess? Seven. Okay. So I'm allowed seven bills. Okay. And then senators are allowed unlimited. There's 40 of them. There's 120 of us. But then is there that rule? And this, again, forgive me because this was under the Scott administration, but it was like if you repeal the law, then you got like an uh, like a bonus oh, uh, oh, was that, what, that you could present. Oh, that's neat. So that must yeah. have been one of like what maybe the speaker it at would the probably, time. Probably, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's not. What I think it was going. a Corcoran thing. Yeah, I don't think that. Goes um, right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it was like, well, if you if you had a law, if you presented a bill to repeal a law, then you were actually given like another slot to present a bill. Absolutely. So, so that's part of my frustration. Like seven is not enough, you know, yeah. um, because it's not about like expanding law. It's about kind of fixing it so that it's right. You know, people think you, you pass a law and then you got it right. No way. Like yeah. you pass the law cause you have an idea. This, this isn't a, a this thing should be done. Well, when you do the thing, you realize, Oh man, we got this piece wrong. We got to go in and fix yeah. it. Well, that's the, one the of unintended your, consequences. Yeah, that's yeah. one of your seven slots, right? Mm. So you could, you could run all seven of your slots fixing other other laws in yeah. place, right? And then there's still issues that have to be worked on left and right. So that's one of the things that um, is most. And I, and I and I saw you know you and I I'm sure it's mostly because of your district. You know, for people who aren't familiar with the area, your district is. Um, not entirely rural, but it's not suburban either. It's, it's it's a great mix of both. Yeah, it's got Fishhawk, it's got Riverview, um, it's got parts of Brandon, it's got a lot of rural, a lot of cattle, a lot of strawberries, and then so. It's, Do you have any Plant City or? Uh, no, we go oh, okay. right up to the edge where Alderman Ford Park is. So, oh yeah, um, Keysville, that kind of stuff. Yeah, places where most people don't even know where in Hillsborough <laughs> County are. I got Fort Lonesome. If it wasn't because I took my daughter at the horse <laughs> camp out there, I wouldn't know where Keysville is See? either. So, yeah. um, so, so though, and and that's how those folks liked it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, right. But unfortunately, what our our growth is coming. A statement that is too true in Hillsborough County is the last thing a strawberry farmer is going to plant is a development, right? Is yeah. a house. Mm -hmm. um, it, we're just not keeping a lot of kids in agriculture. It's not sexy. It's hard work. Um, I didn't even know that was a thing. And I'm sure it was probably the same for you. I didn't even know that you could study agriculture in high school until I moved here. 
yeah. and saw high schools that had AFs, AFs? FFA. FFA, sorry. Yep. No, no. Um, so that had FFA. Like, I didn't even know what FFA was. Yeah. And uh, and the fact that, you know, kids, like, present, like, pigs and stuff at the fair and, like, yep. things like that. Like, all that was so foreign to me until I moved here. Yeah. Because in Miami, we didn't, we weren't exposed to that. No, where, we weren't. Like, where would you find a farm hey, in Miami? Like Davy. <laughs> so do you remember, like, remember, like. But those, like, horses. Yeah. I mean, like, that's about as, as country as you got. But Miami used to be. A cattle town. Mm. Miami was a cattle town. Oranges, cattle. Yeah. Um, remember the Grams? The the, the, the yeah. They Bob were a Graham. cattle yep. family out of Hillsborough. I mean, uh, I well, Hillsborough. that was the thing. Like Miami Lake still has cattle. Correct. You know, they're more for window dressing these days. Yeah. I mean, they just sit there and eat grass all day. I mean, it, but they're not. But it's more of uh, the mascot thing than it is. Yeah. You know, the actual. But once you cross the Redlands. Yeah. Like into that's farm country 101. Mm -hmm. And it is such it's such a juxtaposition. You're like, bam, bam, like development, yeah. development, development, and then boom, farmland, you know. So protecting farmland is ultra important, especially guys like you and me that didn't grow up in it. It makes more sense to me than it, I think yeah. because it's obvious to them. It's obvious to the farmer. But sure. if we don't protect our farming and we don't protect and invest in those that do it, we're going to starve. It's not a, well, that's it's not a joke. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. a, what if it will happen and we got to stop it. If not, we'll and be that's a real economy oh, because yeah. as we can't be entirely dependent on the tourism economy. No. Um, and even still, we're not, I mean, thank goodness we're not, you that's know, right. obviously we have our ports and we have, you know, a lot, you know, more to offer, but, but I, and I don't know the numbers, but I know that agriculture, and it surprises a lot of people when they find out how much of a cattle state we are. We are the greatest cattle state. Most people don't understand that. We are one of the largest cattle states in the union. In fact, we have the largest cattle ranch in the country outside of Orlando. Wow. And most people don't know that. So what we do in Florida is um, cow-calf. What we do is we, we raise calves. And then right at a certain time, we ship them out west so they can get fed up and they there go to slaughter. So we, wow. we breed them here wow. and we ship them there. So Interesting. The, the cattle is huge. It's so big for our economy, yeah. right? And as cities grow, we encroach on their land and then people complain, well, it smells. It's loud, yeah, right? It, 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 we're up all night when we're taking, you know, when, when the cows are being separated from their cat. Oh, bro. Well, and it's funny because the minute it's gone, then you oh. miss it. You know, my sister lives in Ruskin, yep. which is predominantly agricultural yep. up until recently, Super tomato. where it's exploding, you know, with development. Yeah. And the the lot next to her community was recently purchased and it's already been leveled and cleared and That's all it. and those cows you know i mean it was kind of nice you know you felt like you were outside of the city and 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 now those cows that that land that's all you know look let me just give you an be another 200 homes going in let me give you another example strawberries impact hillsborough county to the tune of one billion dollars that's a wow. billion with a b okay yeah and every every year we lose land right because mm -hmm. you know Imagine trying to motivate your kid to go work hard in the field and farm. It's it's hard work. It's sure. not sexy. So even it, with as much technology as we have, that's it. and and they they're very. I mean, there's still a lot of farm. There are farms that are very technologically forward. Sure, you know, but it's still hard work. At the listen, end of the, the University day. of Florida is literally cutting edge. We have IFAS here in Hillsborough County. Yeah. They're using AI. They're using robots. They're doing everything they can to make it as easy and profitable for someone in a in a day and age when strawberries 
and fruits coming from Central and South America, which are not regulated, pesticide, no labor controls, any of that stuff, that's one of our greatest enemies. I'm, I'm telling yeah. you, like our need to have a cheap banana from from South America is really destroying the American farm. But you right. and me, two, two non-farm boys, we would never, we were like, sure. I just want a banana. You know yeah. what I mean? But it, it is destroying America, and you may not even realize it. So, you know, because I have so much ag in my district, protecting ag is a super priority, is a mm. super, super priority. Yeah. And it becomes a state of Florida security issue. If it, during COVID, right, during COVID, um, like for yeah, example- when commerce stopped. Right, Smithfield Farms is the largest pork producer in the nation, got bought by the Chinese. Mm. Guess where they sent pork, right? When we needed it, when supplies were low to and, and costs were already high, yeah. our already low supplies went to China. And so could you fathom being dependent on our foreign countries or enemies for our food. Well, you were talking about the lack of safety regulations when it comes to our food. And I just remember growing up all the time that you would hear that, oh, X food product, you know, has this poison sure. in it or has this thing in it. And, you know, and again, a lot of it was coming from other countries sure. or, or China specifically. I mean, remember the lead in the toys. And, sure, you know, that's right. And, and, you know, and again, they've undermined our regulations time and time again. And that's even right. to today, I mean, the distrust that there is today between the United States and China, a lot of that stems over years of them failing to adhere to our regulations, our standards, and we're not even as strict as most of Europe. No, listen, but uh, between us and China, it is it is even much more than that. Like yeah. for, for, you know, you try to do business in China, there's no protections, there's no consumer, there's no inter intellectual property protections. It's more than that. They are actively working against the United States all the time right now in the in the bahamas they have over three thousand people at their consulate how mm -hmm. many people do they need for an island the size of nassau right yeah that's their largest manned consulate why because it's actually their spy base and their jump off base to surveil us yeah they just bought um a deal with cuba to create an electronic eavesdropping that they can eavesdrop all over the eastern seaboard from Cuba. They also have a like jungle. Like the Russians were doing. Yeah, they yeah. now have a jungle school that they teach their military to train out of China, out of Cuba. So, you know, Florida versus China, you think, man, listen, that's a national issue. It's not a national issue. It right. is a very real Florida issue. Mm -hmm. Remember, I'm a citizen of the state of Florida, which is the country of Florida, you know, <laughs> and we, we, we've got to defend it as well. Yeah. Um, we passed the uh, the law that said no Chinese national can buy ag property, and we were actually the 26th state to do that. And we we weren't leading on that. We should have led on that. Yeah. Um, and we did it. And once we passed it, the Biden administration said, "Hey, you know Chinese nationals have constitutional rights." I was like, "I didn't know that. I forgot that class in law school." You know. So um, they sued wow. us to try to say that it, it was an unconstitutional law. So we also did part of that bill was. We were going to prevent um, Chinese nationals from buying any land within 20 miles of a military base right. in Florida. Which they've been doing around the country. Which they've been doing around the country. Why are they doing it? it yeah. For the fun? Yeah. No. So to surveil and go against us, right? So, and steal IP. And steal... Listen, the which is another huge the problem. Aegis missile system that is that is that is our forward leaning technology got stolen from Los Alamos. Why? For how? Under the Clinton administration... Chinese spies infiltrated, mm -hmm. stole it, and what, what do you think is on their ships now? Their version of our, our missile system, right? right? Um, so that bill went from 20 miles, and the Democrats brought it, amended it down to one. And before, I was like, what? 
And then, it, it, I mean it, if it wasn't for Jay Collins helping us fight in the Senate when it went back to the Senate, yeah. we brought it back to 10. So it was it started at 20, went to one, and now it's 10. Which even, you know, again, with today's technology, I mean, that's nothing. So you can go I mean, to something, but it, you, you know. can go to Walmart, right? And anyone that's trained in electronics, eavesdropping and surveillance mm -hmm. can build with consumer available products, yeah. an eavesdropping system that can surveil. Well, and we know build. that they're building in these surveillance systems into the products that the, into the electronics that they build for us. Absolutely. Did, 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 I mean, it's why they, they don't sell Huawei phones here in the United States. Did you hear about the port of, uh, uh, I think it was the uh, port, I think it was uh, Port Everglades or was it ours? In Port Everglades. So when you buy gantries, okay, there's mm -hmm. no, the, like the people in, in Europe that make the gantries, th that, those are those big cranes that get the commercial boxes off of the ships onto a land. Well, w w they bought them from China. Right. And Port when, Tampa. And when they looked at them. The big orange and white ones. And when they looked at them, they had spyware to determine from China how many times that crane goes up and down. Now you might be like, Danny, what are the Chinese doing looking at it? Well, listen, they're trying to figure out how much commerce comes in and out. Right. And then you develop a, a Intel picture when you get that piece of information, you pair it with another one and you go, you know what? Tampa looks like a great target right. if we ever have to hit it. So we, we've been giving them by, by buying that. And then because we, they felt they really had no choice, um, you know, they, they bought it and they found it. And it's just an example of how the Chinese aren't passive. They're active against us. And if you don't do something about it as your state government, then you're really sitting on your hands. Um, kind of to wrap up and sure. we could go twice as long. I could and, go for hours I, with you. I know we definitely got to have you back and hopefully we can check in with you from Tallahassee. Sure, please. Um, any specific goals? Going legislatively, going into session. Sure, absolutely. Two huge ones. One is I'm for the second year in a row. I I'm, I'm filing the uh, BI bill, which is the bodily injury bill, mandatory BI. Okay. Um, right now, state of Florida pays the highest insurance rates, uh, even though we have the lowest man levels of mandatory coverage uh, when it comes to car insurance. We already have a home insurance crisis that allegedly we we fixed, and I say allegedly because. I can only rely on an insurance companies and people that are in that industry to tell me that what we did is going to well, work and it in takes, 18 months. Right. It takes years. a year or two years to, for, it, for us to figure whether or not it's working. What I've told them is, trust me, we will go back to the table if that's not going to work. But when it comes to our cars, um, we know that the, the current system of the PIP no fault is filled with fraud and that fraud is driving up the price on good people. So um, we're going to do this mandatory BI bill. I've got insurance companies buying into it. I've got the lawyers buying into it. You never say that in Tallahassee. Yeah. Those two are always like at each other all the time. <laughs> and on this issue, we finally got them to come to the table. So I think this is the year we're going to pass that. Cool. And God willing, that brings down prices or at a minimum, it stops them from going up. Yeah. Um, so that's one. The other one for me, this one's personal. Lithia Pinecrest is a thorn in my district. <laughs> <laughs> and the minute I, listen, um, I'm so frustrated. I didn't know, call me, because I'm a rookie. Let me just tell you, and uh, our producer knows this, that when I decided I was going to move to Eastern Hillsborough County, I was saying, my only rule is we have to be <laughs> west of 75. <laughs> west of 75. That's funny. I was like, I don't care if it's a yard or, or 10 miles, sure, but I will not go east of 75. Well, I, I understand why, right? <laughs> so, so Lithia Pinecrest has been the bane of 
East County for forever. Yeah. And they thought they were going to solve it with the, that penny tax that got ruled unconstitutional. And then we thought, well, oh, we'll use that money to build it. It's getting so muddled again that I'm done. So I'm just filing my own appropriation, right? I'm filing 12 money for 12 million this year. I already put it in mm -hmm. for this year. Uh, 30 next year and 30 the year. So we'll get a total of uh, almost $70 million. Yeah, because those who aren't from the area, I mean, basically it became an unintended artery. Correct. In a, and the problem is, is that the growth, which some of there, some of it has been there for a long time, but there's really nowhere to go. Like right. there's nowhere to build a new road or a new artery. So um, the easements cost money. It yeah. is what it is. Right. But those people demand relief. And trust me, I'm, t I'm, I'm tired of dry. You know what the best part about representing your district is when you live there and you work there and all that yeah. kind of stuff and work out there and you shop there is that your, your pain is my pain. Mm -hmm. I hate. Well, and course. I have a client of mine that, uh, shout out to Brian Boker and Boker's corner. Oh, I know him. Right. Yeah. So he he's tracks, he tracks all of, yeah, he tra he's, he's a new client of mine. He tracks all the growth that's happening and it's only going to get worse. I like that guy because he sheds the light on real issues and, and mm -hmm. is not, it, it, I don't feel it like super partisan. He, no, ju he just brings attention to it. And that is what a journalist is supposed to do. Yeah, He's just saying, Hey, here's what's happening. Hey, did you, you notice guys, this? Did you, you guys talk, talk amongst yourselves? You, you think that's a good idea? <laughs> yeah, you know? right, right. So for me, I was just exhausted. So I'm putting my money where my mouth is. We put 12 million in. Um, I have great confidence that I, I'll be able to get that 12 million. Um, and then the plan is 30 and 30. I've already talked to the people that are coming in. I've given them the heads up. That's the plan. They're like, that's, very reasonable they know it um and then let's just do something about it after i get the money there's no excuse let's yeah, let's expand right. that road you know because then I mean? it's in the county's hands right then it is in the county's hands and then yeah. you just gotta hope they stick to it yeah i get the money you build it let's go <laughs> right all right well man thank you so much Brother, this has you. been awesome thank you we could probably go for another two hours Absolutely. at least uh on this but as i said we'll definitely have you back uh best of luck up in thank tallahassee you, uh it's been too long so let's uh make it uh you know uh, another reunion very soon very very soon we'll give you updates all right sounds Hi, good thank you so much everybody for watching uh the yard sign from whenever wherever you may be doing so listening to or watching uh, again don't forget to sign up for the audio version of our podcast which you can find on all of your favorite podcast platforms uh, you can even ask alexa or siri to play the yard sign for you uh, and of course make sure you like subscribe and follow us on facebook and youtube for the video version as well uh, thank you again danny thank alvarez you. state representative for district 69 and uh, we'll see you all next time thank you so much so long